From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for August 12th, 2013. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. We'd love to hear your comments. Leave us a message on our listener line at 565-3229 or email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com. Coming up on today's show, Matt and I talk golf, give a review of Casey's Hot Dogs, and feature an interview with David Garcia of Stockton City Limits. When I wake up in the morning and I'm six feet underground, I ring my Cause I'm still living to that sweet melody sound And if the devil asks about me Well say I'm up and moved away But tell that Satan not to worry Cause I'll be back some, some other day So, uh, Susan, we were talking, and uh, I remembered that you told me a while ago that you have played golf. I have played golf. I love golf. You love golf. I do love golf. How come we never golf? Well, my golfing career <laughs> has been a little bit on hold for about the last two or three years, but um, I'm hoping to have a resurgence of that soon, and then you and I can play some golf. Yeah, we'll have a... a a podcast Stockton team golf offsite. We'll have to we'll have to get drag Greg out there. Uh, manual golf, but Greg Greg will have to go. Can we make a little foursome or a tourney or what? What would yeah, we we'll do have there? A, we'll have a a a, a tourney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we need to. We'll host one. That's it. That's what I'm yes. talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I am not athletically inclined at all. But for some reason, um, a good friend of mine took me out and taught me how to play golf. I mean, can you imagine the patience of that person in the first place? I can't even <laughs> begin to imagine right? teaching anyone golf. I know. Um, but I, I've not played very long, but uh, I've played how long? the last, I don't know, maybe five or six years. Okay. Um, but where, where, where have you played in Stockton? Do you, any of the courses that you like? Um, I have played at Swenson. I've played, uh, you know, that... The Is it one? the three par? Yeah. Did par I get three that right? Of course. Yes, exactly. I have played there. Um, I have played the executive course at, um, I think it's Grand Island Mansion. Ooh. Out in the Delta. And and when I say executive course, that might be some loose terms. 
But really? um, yeah, that was one of my first experiences. And it was really funny because the course was a little overgrown. And uh, we got to one hole where you uh, couldn't see the um, you couldn't see the pen. Mm. And my instructor was like, you know, just you're just going to have to hit it as hard as you can and hope it lands where it should. And did it? It did. It did. Um, the most I've played, though, is um, at Lockford Springs, the front nine at Lockford oh, Springs. I love it. Another good golf course. Yeah. How about you? Uh, first time I ever played golf, um, went to Swenson because I had been laughing at people that hit this little white ball and chased it around a little field all day. I thought it was ridiculous. Everybody makes it sound horrible, don't they? Yeah. And then I went out there and they showed me how to put it on the tee and they told me which club to use and uh, my took a swing at it and it the first hole on the uh, executive course at Swenson I think is probably like 150 160 yards something like that mm-hmm. and I greened it right on the green nowhere wow. near the cup but I greened it and I said okay I'm playing <laughs> yeah don't you it's like you got bit by the bug huh I did get bit by the bug yeah. but uh I, I can't talk about golf in Stockton without talking about lions did you ever get to play lions golf I did course? not tell me about that lions golf course out at rough and ready island um, gorgeous course, uh, nine hole, mm-hmm. um, but a full par 72 if you played it twice. Um, we've played a couple tournaments out there and, um, uh, right on the, uh, right on the channel. Um, so I there's bet a, it's pretty. there's a tradition that when you get to, uh, I think it's, it was the fourth hole or the, um, fifth hole, you get there back on the water, everybody, um, takes their ball and instead of driving it down the, down the fairway, they just shoot it right into the delta so there's right into the drink right into the drink on purpose how fun is that um, but that course is no longer there but man that was just a, a, an absolute gorgeous course yeah. um and uh, the sad thing is if you go over in those neighborhoods they still have the signs that point to <sighs> lions golf course but uh what about uh vb are you familiar with vb in stockton no so uh van is, buskirk oh van buskirk no, That's, I have uh, not. Uh, I've not experienced that. It's like Swenson. Lots of tr- uh, probably not as much shade and trees, but uh, gorgeous, gorgeous course. Uh, a municipal course, so you don't have to be all fancy pants to play it. That's nice. I like the driving range at um, Spanos. Yes. I looked out the one of the first few times I went there to hit balls, the ball machine like jammed. So I went into the pro shop to tell them that the ball machine was jammed and they gave me a hundred dollar card. You are kidding. So me. I still have a card with it, you know, 50 bucks on it. Oh my gosh. So we'll go hit some balls. There you go. Yeah. I like that's that. A, that's a nice uh, driving range. It, it is, is also my favorite driving range because in the winter you can... Uh, go out there till I think ten o'clock at night or nine mm-hmm. o'clock. Their hours change, but uh, they, it's fully lit, and um, you can play under the, yeah. the bright lights and get some frustrations out. So yes, there's nothing more relaxing or than just going out and just hitting the heck out of the ball. Yep. At the driving range, I love that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good one. Yeah, and we uh, would definitely get you know keep your your uh, your swinging up and start practicing some more and we'll get out there and I know so have you done uh, have you done the um, country club thing around here at all I have not I'm no I'm I'm right. a t-shirt and cargo shorts kind of guy and, I like uh, that about you I uh, I would like to play Elkhorn since now it's no longer a oh, membership right. only club um, or golf course but uh, is that supposed to be a hard course I've never even seen it 
I drive by it, you know, all the time. Man, if you're Manny's, driving uh, down, nodding, saying yes. So I have never, I've never, I've seen it from um from Eight Davis, Mile Road or Davis Mile, Road. and that's yeah. it. Never been on. It's a there. pretty course. Yeah, so maybe maybe that that that'll be the comeback. We'll convince Greg to play golf. Yep. And uh, we'll go out there and Greg uh, can drive the cart. Greg if he doesn't want to do that. Cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs up from producer That's Greg. Right. Somebody's got to drive the cart. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and if any of our listeners have a, a golf spot that we have not uh, mentioned or a golf secret or a tip about golfing in Stockton, please um, share. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Hit us hit us up on Facebook. Uh, send us an email. Give us a call. So, Matt, I understand that we both have visited Casey's Hot Dogs on the Miracle Mile. Yeah, the new newest hot dog joint in Stockton and uh, I think the newest restaurant on the Miracle Mile, uh, Casey's Hot Dog. You, you got to visit them today, right? Just yes, today? I am fresh from the experience. Only hours ago have I, have I had a Casey's Hot Dog. So. so, it is literally the last thing you ate. It is. Literally. It is the last thing I've had to eat. Well... What did you think? I liked it. You liked it. That, I did. You said that with a surprise. Did you not? Did you go in no, expecting you I mean, like I, it? No, I. You know, I wasn't sure. Obviously, you know. There's I, not too many ways to screw up a hot dog. No, there's not. I just, um, you know, I've been going to another hot dog place in town for a long time. Dad's. Dad's dogs. <laughs> Let's just say it right now. Dad's dogs. Um. So what'd you order? What'd you end up getting? I ordered a Chicago dog. A Chicago dog? What makes a dog a Chicago dog? Well, I think what makes it a Chicago dog, it had a pickle spear on it and celery salt. And just to add a little Stockton flavor, it had Bruno's peppers, which I love. Oh, nice. And then tomatoes and onions on, on top of that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I've never had a Chicago dog before, so. Have you um, ever been to Chicago? I have been to Chicago, but, but somehow dog. failed to have a Chicago dog. Did you have Chicago pizza? I did. Okay. That's, so that's I had to prioritize. more important. It was. But so the Chicago dog, Casey's hot dog. Yeah. It was good? It was very good. And I liked the fact that I could try something completely new uh, on a hot dog that I hadn't had before. And it was really delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about nice. you? What'd you have? Uh, I went for the bacon cheese dog Ooh. because simply because it had the, uh, it had, it has bacon. And, and cheese, which is another yeah, and favorite of mine. Hello, bacon and cheese on anything. Yeah. That's what I'm going to order. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I liked it because it, for one, it was covered in cheese and had lots of bacon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I actually ever had a hot dog with bacon on it. But, uh, and it has this, it had this sauce. Did your hot dog have the sauce on it? I heard about, no, my hot dog didn't have the sauce, but I have heard about Casey's special sauce. So what was that? I have no idea. 
It must be Casey Casey's special sauce because secret sauce. Yeah, secret sauce because I couldn't figure out what it was. It wasn't uh, it wasn't overpowering, but it was it was, was it Thousand Islandish. It was kind of Thousand Islandish, and it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. But it was I, good. You liked it. Next time I go, I have to ask him. Yeah, and it had um, you know, it was just mine was the hot dog with cheese, lots of bacon, mm-hmm. uh, mustard, relish. Onions and they're alpine dogs, so I mean, really, oh, how yeah. can you go wrong and with those? Bun. Oh, Geneva's my favorite. So I think that's you know, and that's the thing to me. Um, you that's know, a winner right there. Yeah, and I don't, I typically don't like to, to look at Yelp first or even Yelp after, but I looked at Yelp because I was curious what people were saying. And one of the comments, a lot of people were saying, was it was too expensive for a hot dog joint. Mm-hmm. So I went in there. I shouldn't have done that, but I went in pre-framed, thinking, oh, it's going to be an expensive restaurant. It wasn't that expensive. It was ten bucks for a meal. Um, which is not that bad, but uh, given the fact that it's Genova bun and it's an Alpine hot dog, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you put those two together, you know, it's there's going to have a little bit, you know, it's it's a premium. And, you know, I'm I read the Yelp uh, reviews, too, which I don't like to do either. I don't like to um, read movie reviews or book reviews before I, you know, do those things because I want to have my own experience. But um, I heard about the expensive thing too. And I, I have to say I wasn't, I didn't have too bad of a sticker shock really because I'm, you know, used to going to dad's dogs and they're, you know, they're a fair price. And so yeah. I thought this was, I thought it was comparable as far as pricing. Yeah. And did you get the fries? We did. We got some garlic fries. Oh, garlic fries. Those are delicious. Yeah. I just went plain fries, but I like the thin and crispy fries. So, uh, so that was good. And the fact that it just seems like uh, most other hot dog places just have chips. They don't have a deep fryer. And like, come on, I want fr- I want French fries. If yeah. I mean a hot dog, I might as well go all well, the way I, just, down I never French met fries. a French fry that I didn't like. Yep, and I certainly loved being able to get some fries with my hot dog for sure. Yeah, it was good. I like the uh, some of the other ones that they have on the menu. They have the Mudville chili cheese dog. Um, and they have uh, the Babe uh, which is a, a very big hot dog. But they also have bratwurst and Italian sausage. So next time, I think I'm going to try I love those. Italian sausage. I'd like to try that one. So what did you think about the location? Oh, I loved it. I I have been in there before when it was Midtown Crepery. Yeah. And so uh, I like the brick, the exposed brick. And um, it's bright colors. And it's cool. It's got a yeah, cool feel. Yeah, that's my favorite pl- uh my favorite thing about that place is that exposed bricks. I'm glad that they that he kept that, but yeah. the color scheme, uh, it's bright. The whole the build the outside of the building is bright. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that uh, you know the the Casey's and the tie-in for baseball and the hot dog, I mean, it really does bring the whole thing in. And the fact that it's hot dogs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like the decor. I like the the like I said the color scheme. I was. Um, I actually didn't realize that it was in the spaces, the old Midtown, um, where they used to be until I pulled up. I was like, you can't miss this thing. It's a big, bright yellow building. Right. Um, but definitely like it. And um, uh, we'll certainly be back, um, even though I live in a house full of vegetarians. I will uh, I will have to go back because there's a couple more things on the menu that I'll have to check out. Yeah, I like that, uh, you know, there's a location there on the Miracle Mile that you can get a great hot dog. So check out Casey's Hot Dogs on the Miracle Mile, 2311 Pacific Avenue. I think you'll like it. So I had a chance to sit down and talk with the owner of Casey's Hot Dog after I enjoyed my meal. Peter Caloris said the business is uh, Casey's Hot Dogs. 
Okay, and you just recently opened. Um, let's see. Why don't you tell me uh, when you opened and what uh, and what you've thought so far in your um, since you've been here. Well, we opened on the 4th of July, um, just through the doors open. We've been planning this for quite some time. I've, I've actually been planning on opening the restaurant for several years. Uh, the right location will open up. I jumped on it, and here we are. We sell um, gourmet hot dogs. Um, the name Casey uh, implies uh, Casey at the bat. It's, um, it's a local Mudville theme, and um, we have uh, baseball playing on the screens on the TV. You can see you got a lot of... Um... Oh, you have a lot of great stuff on the menu. I enjoyed the uh, the bacon cheese hot dog. I believe it was. It was very good. Um, but is it is it early enough or too early to um, to uh, name a favorite? Is there a favorite so far from your customers? Uh, that actually, I think the chili cheese um, is uh, attracting quite a following. Um, I want I want to say that our hot dogs are all made by Alpine. Um, our signature dogs are. Uh, uh, quarter pound eight inch hot dog and all of our hot dogs are on Genova rolls that we get fresh daily. Um, our sausages of which we have three types are a third of a pound uh, eight inches long and then we have uh, the babe which is a monster it's a 10 inch uh, half pound hot dog. Peter Kloris is my name uh, the business is Casey's Hot Dogs Heart of the Miracle Mile at 2311 Pacific Avenue between the Ave and La Palma we're open daily uh, till 8 and until 7 on Sundays. Uh, we open at 11 a.m. Um, hours may change in the wintertime. Uh, we may extend them a little bit, uh, but right now we're open till 8 um, daily, except for Sundays that will close at 7. David Garcia, author of the blog Stockton City Limits. David is a Stockton native with a background in urban policy and economic development. He holds a bachelor's degree from UCLA, as well as a master's degree in public policy with an emphasis on urban policy from the Johns Hopkins Institute for Policy Studies. He currently works as a researcher analyst for a congressional research agency in Washington, D.C. David, welcome to podcast Stockton. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm honored. Great. Tell us about Stockton City Limits. Sure. Well, Stockton City Limits is a blog I started about a year and a half ago where I talk about things such as, um, well, I talk about growth and development in Stockton and um, specifically sprawl, smart growth, infield development, downtown development, and um, just how uh, we can address a lot of Stockton's challenges through smart growth, through smart urban planning. Um, Stockton has, uh, you know, a lot of issues, but at the same time, um, I don't think most people realize that a lot of these issues, 
um, are directly correlated to 50 years of poor urban planning. So um, uh, crime rate, uh, health issues, environmental issues, those can all be linked back to um, poor urban choice, poor uh, development choices, I should say. Um, and so I write about how um, we can use smarter policies, smarter uh, ways to grow to help uh, deal with these issues. And um, so, yeah, that's in a nutshell, I guess that's what we write about or I write about. So what what was your motivation? I mean, you're clearly you you live on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Something one day you woke up and you you saw that there was a need. What 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 was that? Um, that's a good question. I had been wanting to do something like this for a while. Uh, I haven't lived in Stockton for a little while, but I always am reminded by friends uh, from from undergrad from graduate school. When Stockton gets put on the Ford list or something like that, I always get an email. Um, and I think I was uh, in graduate school, and I thought, I, uh, I have to say something about this. Because just looking at the methodology that Forbes uses, um, as someone who does research analysis for a living, it's, it's really unfortunate that it passes. They, they say it's a scientific study. Um, or at least people think it is. And so I actually, that was the first time I wrote anything. I wrote an op-ed in the record. Um, I was surprised they ran it. I didn't think um, they would, but I just, I thought I wanted to get these thoughts out on paper. Um, and uh, I was really surprised with how well that was received. I got um, a really nice email from then Mayor Ann Johnson. I got a signed uh, book from uh, Doug Wilhoyt. Um, and just, uh, it, it was uh, I was really taken aback. I didn't think, I thought I was just writing you know, something that uh, I just wanted to write. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know that I had kind of struck a chord. So for a while I had wanted to do something like that. And I, and after I got that reception from that op-ed, I thought I can, I have a lot of, uh, I guess, ideas and things that I just kind of want to record and put down somewhere. And I thought if I can also get a few people to read it, that would just be, um, a bonus really and um, I've been really um, uh, surprised at how uh, well the site has done like, well in terms of people who have uh, contacted me and said we, we love what you're doing um, and uh, yeah I've just been really uh, really pleased with how well it's gone I didn't really think I would get too many people to um, listen to what I had to say but it turns out a lot of people um, think about the same things I do. So uh, um, I guess I just thought it was time to do that. What have been some of the most popular posts on uh, Stockton City Limits or what have been some of your personal favorites? Um, I would say the most popular post has to be one I wrote last summer. It was um, the five buildings that should be demolished in Stockton, I think. It's kind of a, I don't actually think these should be demolished, but um, it was, uh, it was, I don't know if it was well-received, but it was well-circulated, and it got a lot of people um, to go to the site and to start talking about these things, and um, it was a lot of fun to write because um, a lot of the stuff I write is, is sometimes kind of data-driven, but this is purely subjective. It's kind of something fun I want to throw together. I think I got the inspiration for that from an article on some other website that I read, so I thought, oh, I'm going to do this in Stockton because there's, there's some buildings that uh, I don't particularly care for. Um, and 
I got one uh, comment in particular that I think really, um, uh, really shows um, the how we need to uh, talk about growth and development more. So I wrote, I think one of the things on there was a uh, parking garage by the arena and ballpark. That was one of the things I said, um, one of the top five buildings I named. And in that um, little blurb about the parking garage, I said something to the effect of um, directly north, those are empty lots. It's going to be difficult to develop residential because there's a city plan that says we want to put residential there if the view is of a big hulking parking lot. And I had a, one commentary come back and say, and he was actually kind of mad. He said, you don't know what you're talking about. How can you say this? Uh, have you ever have you ever even seen the north of the arena? It's already developed. They're parking lots. And I thought, um, I just thought that was really emblematic of kind of the problems that we face here is that we don't understand what passes for good development and what actually is most economically efficient. Um, yes, that there was a uh, surface parking lot put north of the arena, but that isn't necessarily... Um, what you want to end up there eventually. So one of the things that's amazed me, David, following your blog mm -hmm. is you, you make no secret of the fact that although you, you lived here many yep. years ago, mm -hmm. you live on the East Coast, mm -hmm. but you tend to be very aware of what's going on and not just from a development um, perspective, but what's going on in the city. Mm -hmm. How do you keep um, up to date so well living on the opposite side of the country? Um, it's, uh, it is a challenge to keep up with what's going on here, but I think it also, um, I have kind of an advantage of, of being so far away. So, um, for example, if you're in a crowd of people, you only see kind of what's going on directly adjacent to you. Whereas if you have a higher vantage point, you don't have, you might not have the same level of detail, but you have a fuller picture of what's going on. So, um, it's, it's both difficult, um, but I also think it, it gives me, um, particular kind of insight that I think someone living here might not have. Um, and as far as just knowing what's going on, just, I, th I think initially I didn't really know what was going on. But as the blog progressed, more people reached out to me and said, I really like what you're doing. Um, and, and I uh, kind of networked, for lack of a better term, with uh, people who are directly connected with uh, things that are happening in the city. And so I would just kind of touch base with them and learn about what's happening because um, there is a lot of stuff that's going on, and I think it's kind of uh, kind of flies under the radar. And I, I personally wanted, or I always wished there was some source that would cover all this, and I thought that was another uh, reason why I started. I thought, well, I, maybe I can provide that. Um, and I don't pretend to, to know that, uh, or to think that I know everything. Um, there's a lot of stuff I probably don't know about, but um, it's been really interesting and uh, insightful to, to just make these connections and talk about what's going on because there's a lot more going on that I didn't know about. Um, but after, after a year and a half, um, I mean, I've learned a lot. So it's been, um, it's been, uh, it's been really interesting. It really uh, has helped me learn things because I don't, I don't know everything. Uh, and talking about things I talk about forces me to uh, look at, look at new data, look at new ideas keep up to date on um, the latest publications that have to do with urban planning and, and smart growth. Um, and so just through writing, I've kind of challenged myself or I'm challenged by commenters on Facebook or, or on the blog itself to kind of back up my positions. And I think that's, um, that's really helped. Um, and it's really helped me learn a lot of stuff too. 
So then how does that impact you uh, in your everyday life in over on the East Coast then, do you think? I think about uh, stuff I can write about all the time. Um, I think before I started writing, I had a bunch of kind of ideas floating in my head. And, and initially, I thought, I don't know how long I could do this because I have a handful of ideas. Um, but new things just start coming up. New research that I thought could be applied to situations here. Or I've met someone who's telling me new information that I think is important that people should know about. Um, so it's uh, it's difficult because it's, you know, I'm not, a, a, blogging is not my job. Um, but I really enjoy it. And um, I think it... Uh, it gives me kind of uh, an outlet because as I, I'm pretty sure it comes through in my writing. You know, I, I love that I grew up here. I never really, the city never really left me. And so this is kind of my way to stay connected. So, you know, uh, we were talking before we started recording that you and I actually grew up in homes. <laughs> we did. Literally across the street from each other, mm-hmm. as in the addresses were one number off. Yeah, um, small world. Yeah, very, very small world. That we, we, we know some of the same people we didn't realize. But, um, you know, b- besides the street that we lived on, which mm-hmm. has had some changes, um, when you come back to Stockton, what are the things that you look and, and say, wow, that's, I mean, if it's even if, if it's about um, uh, urban planning or if it's not about urban planning or development, just in general, what are the things that make you go, oh, wow, that was an interesting change or that's new in town since the last time I was here? There's always something. Um, there's always new things going in, like on the Miracle Mile. Um, as far as development is concerned, I mean, there, there hasn't been anything new in terms of um, new, new subdivisions. And so I... To Thankfully. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's... Uh, and it's mostly just talking with people when I come back and hearing about um, what might happen or what's, what's planned or what other people think should happen or um, how we should reuse existing... Uh, reuse some of the assets we already have. Um, so I, I, I don't know that I've come back and, and said, whoa, I didn't know this was here. Um, because I'm so obsessive about keeping a tab on what's what's going on here, <laughs> um, it's more that I've, I've heard about and um, been told about new things happening, and, and I want to go see it. Um, there hasn't been too many times where I thought, oh, I had no idea that was there. Oh, yeah. uh, but it happens. I, I don't know if I don't, I don't really have any specific examples but it does happen but um uh, well what about when you were driving uh, on i5 did you did you notice that's a little bit different since well I, it's I've, different for us today so. i've been noticing that for a while i mean it's not a new thing um uh yeah it's uh it's kind of scary there's no shoulder for a while uh i was driving the other day uh down uh, south on i5 and i was almost out of gas and i was wondering if i run out of gas i'm i'm stuck here i can't pull over so um yeah, that I definitely noticed that. That's for sure. Wow. How often do you write, David? What's your process there? Um, I think I probably average average one to two posts uh, per week, uh, but I really don't have uh, like a, a quota. I guess I don't try to put out two articles just for the sake of putting them out. Um, if I want to write about something, I'll write about it. Sometimes I'll have an idea, but it kind of uh, it sits on the shelf for a while until I have time or I have the motivation to write about it. Um, so there will be times where I don't write for maybe a week or two. Um, but there will be times where I have three articles a week. Uh, it really just depends on what's happening uh, and also uh, how much time I have. Because uh, I thought when I started this, I, I could pump out posts really fast, but it turns out 
when I write about uh, what's going on in Stockton, I want to make sure that I am right about um, my, I get my facts right. And so that takes a lot of time making sure I've covered all my bases and, and if I've talked to the necessary people. Um, so it, it really just varies. And sometimes I will read something in the morning and I'll have a post about it in the afternoon. Um, sometimes I'll read something and then it'll take me a month to write about it. It just kind of depends. And you're, you can't go anywhere on social media in Stockton or even in, in, in real life without somebody quoting one of your blog posts or talking about what you've been writing. And, and oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I live here. So, mm-hmm. and, and maybe, in, maybe in, in, in our circle, your name comes out a lot. Your blog is quoted a lot. Um, it's a lot of pressure. And you, um, okay, well then there's maybe, well, then there's only three <laughs> people that read and they're all in this room. <laughs> but, but actually that's what I'm getting at. Do you know how many people are reading and um, what, what kind of growth have you seen since you started um, last year? Um, it started out pretty pretty level. There weren't any big spikes until I think um, I, I think I emailed my site to someone at the record and, and they plugged it on their blog and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, and from that point, I've had um, a lot of people. I, I don't think I had a Twitter or a Facebook back then for the page, hmm. um, but it got to the point where I'm losing readers if they don't have a way to connect with me they might just see the site read it and then never come back right and at so to that end i thought i really need to make better use of uh, social media so i started the facebook page i have a twitter and it's actually turned out to be the best way to communicate with people um i have a, a link where you can sign up for emails i believe to receive uh the new, new posts as they uh mm-hmm. as they come out but the vast majority of people who I've connected with have been through Facebook and through Twitter. Um, I wasn't a huge um, user of, of social media before this, or, or I didn't really understand the power behind it, but definitely this uh, blogging and, and connecting it to social media has shown me um, how important it is to, uh, to have that platform to connect with as many people as possible. Uh, what do you think the top few things Stockton needs to focus on in the near future? Um, the top things. Well, I think we were at a really crucial point. Um, because of all that's happened, I think we, uh, we can kind of take a step back and ask ourselves, how did we get to this point? And again, as, as, uh, my readers will know, I think a lot of that has to do with the way we've grown and the market's coming back. And so how surprising prices are coming up and sooner or later, we're going to start seeing developers want to start. Um, bringing the bulldozers back and leveling the land and starting to build more more housing. Now, I hope we can take a step back and think about how we got to where we are now and how this kind of development is not as economically efficient as we once thought it was. It doesn't bring in the kind of revenue that uh, many people thought it would, and it actually detracts from uh, parts of the areas that we want to revitalize. And so I think really it's kind of a mindset. Like, do we want to keep building out on farmland and extending our public services, um, having to send uh, firefighters and police officers further and further north? Um, that's not an efficient or uh, economical way to grow. So I think that's one of the that's just the main idea that I think we, we need to think about is how do we want our city to grow? Because Despite all that's happened, Stockton's population is growing. It's going to continue to grow. The, the 
Bay Area, the coastal areas, they don't have much more room for growth. So all the growth that's going to happen in the state is going to happen here. And we need to think about how we want to accommodate all that growth. Do we want to keep sprawling out and run into Lodi, run into Lathrop, or do we want to balance out our portfolio of development? Do we want to invest in the areas we already have? Do we want to use the infrastructure and the roads that we already have? Or do we want to do the exact same thing that kind of uh, drained our uh, economy in the first place? Uh, David, one of the things that I like about your blog is that you um, use lots of data. You get your facts, as you talked about. And sometimes those facts can uh, result in polarizing opinions from your readers, which is actually, it's great to have that debate. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact that uh, you know, there's certain topics that you write on that always, always pique my interest. And one of those is, is living downtown. And, and certainly people have been talking about living in Stockton, living in downtown Stockton for years. Mm -hmm. There's a, obviously a lot going on down there. But what are your thoughts about this? I know you've written about it, but what are your thoughts about living downtown? Will we ever see a time when we have lots of people living downtown? Um, well, I guess it depends on what you, how you define lots, but I do think <laughs> we will get to a point where there is a residential community downtown. And the reason is, uh, I mean, downtown has, well, I, what I like to say, it has, it has a good bones. So the street grid has a lot of, uh, perfect connectivity. It makes, it makes the area walkable. You can walk from work to home, no problem. Uh, and the buildings, all, all the buildings we need um, are there. And the thing about downtown is that you can't recreate that kind of architecture we have there. Um, I interviewed, uh, Joe Minicosi, who is this, uh, developer from Asheville, North Carolina, who does a lot of, uh, consultant work going to cities and showing how if you, uh, build infill development, it's much more e economically advantageous versus like strip malls. And when I talked to him, he told me that when he, he actually drove through Stockton, um, on his way to do some other work in Modesto and, um, and Turlock. And he said that, um, you know, you could tell that Stockton was a really happening place because look at the architecture, look at the buildings. This was an important place. And that's something you can't recreate. You can't recreate that in a strip mall. Um, you just don't see that anymore. And so that's really one of the main reasons why I think it. Uh, we will have a community downtown because people want that. I think I write a lot about millennials and baby boomers and their housing preferences and more and more millennials want walkable communities and developers, uh, traditional developers can say, Oh, we'll, we'll rise and meet that demand. We'll create uh, walkable communities or whatnot, but we already have the structure for that downtown. Uh, the, the block sizes are perfect. The uh, amenities are great. You can't uh, make a waterfront. You can't, uh, <laughs> you can't have an arena and a ballpark all within walking distance of, uh, of, of your office downtown. Mm. Um, and so I think, uh, I think the time is right, especially because we've been able to take a step back and say um, we can't keep growing like how we've been growing if we want to have a vibrant downtown. Um, you can't redevelop downtown but also keep expanding outwards at the pace that we had. Um, so I, I definitely think that we will get to that point. I look forward to it. So what do you like to do when you visit Stockton? What are some of your must-see, must-do things when you uh, come back I, to town? The first thing I do is uh, usually I'm flying into SFO, so the first thing I do, this is all going to be food-related, by the way. Uh, awesome. The first thing I do when I get uh, into SFO is I go to In-N-Out, um, and then 
the next meal I'll have will be some sort of Mexican food, whether it's home cooked or from a restaurant, because on the East Coast, you cannot get uh, good Mexican food anywhere. It's really uh, it's really frustrating. And uh, it's really um, one of the biggest things I look forward to. But I also, in addition to uh, eating at my old favorite restaurants and, and having home cooked meals, I also look forward to um, talking to people I've made connections with. Uh, it's really great to meet people who have uh, contacted me and want to talk about Stockton. Um, and because uh, I, I don't have that opportunity in Washington, D.C. It's pretty much just me. And it's great to talk in, uh, in depth and intelligently about what's going on here, what should happen. Um, and, you know, I, I could talk. Uh, I've been meeting with a couple people while I've been here. And I could We could talk for five, six hours straight. Um, there's, there's not enough time in the day to, to talk about all the things I would want to talk about. So I really just enjoy having these kind of conversations because I don't think they're happening enough. Do you think you'll ever move back to Stockton or uh, California? Uh, definitely. Uh, most people who've lived in California move to the East Coast, they always come back. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it really also helps you appreciate what we have here. Um, we were talking earlier about the weather, and I say this all the time. People who talk to me all the time are sick of hearing this. Stockton has really good weather. Coming from someone who's lived on the East Coast for a long time, not having humidity is the, uh, one of the best things ever. Uh, being able to uh, have a cool evenings and not have to run your AC 24 hours a day. Um, but uh, that being said, I, uh, I, I won't move back here because of nice weather. I, I think I will move back here because I think right now there's a lot of opportunity to create a lot of change here, both because we have downtown, one of the only undeveloped waterfronts in the country. That's one of the things I don't understand is in other cities, developers are fighting over each other to build on a waterfront because it is so valuable. And here, the developers don't seem to want to touch it, or they think it's kind of a, a burden to have to do something like that. It makes absolutely no sense. And we have so many opportunities to build really unique communities downtown and in the surrounding areas. Um, and I, I just think that's really exciting. So when you ask um, if I'll ever come back, I think I will. Uh, and, and that will be the main reason why. So, David, what has been the most um, surprising thing that you've uh, come across or learned from uh, riding Stockton City Limits? I have been most surprised and pleasantly surprised and happy to find that there are a lot of people in Stockton or from who are from Stockton who care a lot about what's happening here and want to do something positive. I've talked to people in Stockton who, who are doing great things, and, and they say to me, well, no one else is doing it, so we just we needed to do it. And I've talked to people who are from Stockton who have a lot of pride being from Stockton and they want to do something positive as well. So I, I've talked to people who live in, in New York, in Southern California. Um, I, I wrote a, I think I wrote a story, um, I think it was a month ago, about um, some Lincoln High graduates who uh, started their own soccer nonprofit and they don't live here and they run it. Um, and they told me uh, they, they wanted a way to give back and to do something positive. They were tired of hearing about all the, the negative stuff that happens here and they wanted a way to... Um, use the expertise they have and leverage that here in Stockton. And so I've been really, um, really encouraged by how people have uh, kind of stepped up or at least want to step up. There's a, there's a lot of people who are doing really uh, good things. And it's not just in Stockton. It's people such as myself who are still connected to the city who want to give back and want to do something um, something worthwhile. 
That was an amazing story uh, that I read in your blog about the the soccer nonprofit. And in fact, I started to uh, call you a former Stocktonian in Mm -hmm. your introduction. And I stopped thinking that um, I don't think that you ever become a former Stocktonian. I think you can leave Stockton, but it goes with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like the way I see it is uh, Stockton is kind of like a, a, a family member. Um, you might be disappointed in some things that are happening here. You might get really frustrated right. with some things that, uh, some decisions that people make or headlines that you see about the city, but you're, you're always going to love the city. Um, you might get frustrated, but, uh, there's always kind of a place there. Cause, um, when I talk to people, they, they always talk w- really highly of their experiences growing up in Stockton, uh, and one of the things I love about Stockton um, is the, uh, the diversity. Um, a lot of cities don't have uh, the kind of diversity that Stockton has. You have um, kind of the suburbs and the inner city. And in Stockton, that's all kind of contained. But at the same time, um, I grew up uh, in my neighborhood, in, in our neighborhood, I guess, <laughs> and um, went to high school with kids from all different backgrounds, and it was just no big deal to me. Uh, it's just how how life is here. Uh, going to college and, and beyond, um, people, most of the people I interacted with were, um, they just had one socioeconomic group. They never interacted with other people. And so in the real world, you're interacting with people from all walks of life. And growing up in Stockton, that's really helped me on I don't want to say it helped me. It's just normal to me to be surrounded by uh, all these different uh, cultures. And um, that's one of the things I love about Stockton is that um, you might live in the richest part of town, but you're still interacting. You're still uh, every day talking to someone um, who's had a different uh, experience than you. All right, David. Well, uh, thanks again for spending some time with us today. Um, for those people that don't know about Stockton City Limits, tell us where we can find you uh, out on the web. Yes, you can find me at StocktonCityLimits.com. Uh, and uh, we're, uh, I should say I. Sometimes I say we because I have a blog and I feel like I'm always collaborating with people, <laughs> but it, it's really, it's just me. I'm the only person that uh, does anything on it. So if I refer to we, it's not actually accurate. But um, SCL can be found on Facebook and Twitter as well. And there's links to that on the blog. Yeah, and we'll put uh, links in the yeah. show notes at Podcast Stockton to yeah. all the yeah. places you can find Stockton City Limits yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, the, the pleasure's blog. been all mine. This has been uh, great. I've never, uh, I've never had anyone <laughs> want to interview me about uh, this stuff before, so this is great. Well, we at Podcast Stockton, I speak on behalf of, of the team. Uh, we're big fans. Stockton are big fans. Uh, we think you're doing a... So I believe you're doing a, a great service to the city. All the way on the East Coast, you're writing about... Very important things, very topical things, things that get us thinking about our city and not just um, not just little things, but uh, it's sometimes the, the big things that we look at as little things. So thank you very much. Sure. Sure do take their toll.
Thanks for listening to Podcast Stockton, and thanks to David Garcia for joining us in the studio from Stockton City Limits. We'd love to hear your feedback. Give us a call on our listener line at 565-3229, email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook and Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. The music on today's episode is Six Feet Under by Ship of Fools. Find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash ship of fools. And, of course, links to them and all the other great things we talked about on today's show, you can find at the show notes at podcaststockton.com. Until next time, Stockton, make it great. <laughs>